Hey everybody, it is December, and with December comes the end of a calendar year, it comes the end of a decade, unbelievable, um, but it also brings the end of a school semester, it brings uh, maybe some vacation time, it brings some some Christmas traditions that we love, uh, my kids are begging me to take them around to look at Christmas lights and uh, to make Christmas cookies and and all of that. It's great. And as fun as all the Christmas traditions are. And I love it. I love every bit of it. The Christmas movies, the the gifts, the the tree, the the lights, the everything. We remember um, that Jesus was born. Certain faith traditions celebrate Advent in in, in the Christmas season. And, and Advent basically just means waiting um kind of this this anxious expectation and um for us that awaiting or that expectation almost feels foreign because all of this has happened in the past we're kind of living in this well jesus has come he hasn't come back to get us but like jesus has come he's been born he has lived his life he has died his death on the cross and he did rise again three days later so expectation of what well all of us in some form are sitting in just the mess that this life has to offer. And in the middle of that mess, I believe Jesus wants to come in and just give you a fresh breath of life, a fresh glimpse of hope. This whole story of Advent, this whole story of Jesus' birth started with Mary. We don't know much about her, but we do know that she's about to experience one of the most stressful moments of her life. She was betrothed, think engaged, to Joseph, and the Bible records that she was a virgin. Yet she finds out that she's pregnant. And not only is she pregnant, she's carrying the only son of God. Mary decides to be honest with Joseph about this news, and he's not excited, right? Shocker. Um... You know, you're kind of wondering, does he believe her? Does he not? Like, she's had this uh, visitation from an angel speaking about this this um, baby that's inside her belly that is the son of God. And, and what man on this planet believes, you know, his fiance that she is carrying the son of God? Well, Joseph has this, this interesting moment where he chooses to to trust or to not trust her. And he hasn't heard from God. He hasn't had a visitation from the angel yet. Um... In fact, Matthew 1.19 actually says that he resolved to divorce her quietly. Probably not a surprise to much of us. Immediately after that, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and confirms that this whole thing is true. So the two of them resolve to trust in the Lord from that moment forward. Add all this to the fact that King Herod's not excited about the rumors of this king of kings being born. He will... Uh, issue a decree that every baby that's born in the land of Bethlehem should be killed to ensure that Herod would be able to keep his throne. One more interesting piece of information. We know that all of this time leading up to this very moment, 400 years, God was silent. The whole Jewish community had questions about God's activity in the world and wondering why he hadn't spoke. Think about this. Generations of people had grown up hearing that God once spoke through the prophets, but recently he hadn't. What must they had been thinking? This generation was in a very unique place in history. 
Mary was in the middle of this moment. She was experiencing one of the scariest moments of her life. That is what I want you to hear today. And in that moment, the scariest moment of her life, the Lord broke the silence with the cries of a baby in a manger. She was in one of the craziest, most stressful moments of her life. And God spoke. (laughs) God spoke. He broke that 400 years of silence from a baby's cry. Luke 2.7 records that she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. You may have heard that story. But she gave birth in a barn to the Son of God, the King of Kings, as we understand it. Luke 2.10 is what I really want to share with you. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What I want to tell you is that this Christmas season isn't just for Christians, right? It's uh, sure we celebrate it. Sure, we'll have our church services and our traditions and all that. But, but, but this is good news of great joy for all people. I think some people have this mistaken idea that... Um, God is only interested in dealing with people who have cleaned up their lives or abide by a certain set of rules, and that's not true at all. In fact, God has um, always been for the outcasts and the outsiders, and Jesus is constantly spending time with people who are not living a life of a quote-unquote Christian. He spent time with sinners, with tax collectors, with prostitutes, with with people who had been outcasts. With he spent time with lepers, the diseased, the blind, uh, children, <laughs> you know, and and all kinds of different um, people. Constantly told him, "Why are you spending time with those people?" He would say things like, "I've not come for for the healthy. I've come for the sick." And if you're just in the middle of maybe one of the toughest seasons of your life, I want to just challenge you. Um, I believe that Jesus knows that he cares, that he loves you. Um, I believe that he weeps with us when we struggle, when we have fears, when we have doubts. Um, but I also know that he loves, he has a plan for us and that if you would just take him up on this dare (laughs) to take this season and dive in, take, take, take an opportunity to, to cry out to him, to, to open up to him, wherever that places you. A couple ways you can do that. First of all, personally, I know that one of the, the, the centerpieces of my relationship with God is just spending daily time in the Bible. And um, I, I like to read uh, one proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs in the book of Proverbs, right in the middle of the Bible, and I read one of those a day. It's just a book of wisdom. And uh, it's very, very practical. But also in December, I like to read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I heard someone today suggest that you should read one chapter of Luke a day leading up to Christmas, knowing that there's 24 um, days in December leading up to Christmas and uh, 24 chapters in Luke. And so you might wake up on Christmas morning having read the full picture of what God wants to do, what God wants for that morning. Whatever the case, if, if it's a gathering at church, if it's Christmas Eve services, 
um, if it's a conversation with a friend, I, I got to be honest. If you, if you're in the Houston area and you have questions and you want to chat and you want to know how to experience God, man, I would love to chat with you. Um, and if you're not in the Houston area, you know how to get in touch with us. We're on social media at NRIC Pod, and uh, I'm all over social media at Mark H Cox. Um, and uh, in any way that I can pray for you, that I can help you, that I can that I can chat with you about what's going on in your life or, or point you in the right direction. Uh, I'd love to be a friend in this season. But wherever you find yourself, just remember <laughs> the Christmas season was not about a perfect Christmas tradition for Mary. It was about the toughest season of her life. Joseph, Joseph as well. For the Jewish community that were waiting on the Lord to speak and waiting on this Messiah. And he breaks in. Everyone's expecting a king and a warrior and a political giant. But a baby who was born in a barn is the way God delivered this Messiah. And this Christmas season, I want to just encourage you. Spend time. Just, just carve out a couple moments a day. Whatever that looks like. And I bet, I bet that the Lord will do something really awesome for you in this season. Wherever you are, we love you. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, just wanted to take this moment to kick the month of December off the right way. We'll see you next time.